welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. Welcome to the new year. This is a great way to start off the new year together, right? We're excited to be in the house of the Lord together, starting out 2020. Um, How many people have set their goals for the year, your New Year's resolutions? Anybody has already? It's January 5th, so you better get on it. (laughs) I know that I personally have so many things that I hope to accomplish, that I'm praying for, that I'm hoping um, and praying God for in this next year. Um, But it doesn't fail every year, and I feel like this is sad I feel like it's been since I was like 13 years old, but every year one of my New Year's resolutions is something to do with health and fitness. Anybody else have like, this is the year I'm going to get it right. This is the year I'm going to be fit. It's going to be a new year, new me, literally. That's my goal. So I start off the year pretty strong, and I don't know if you're like this. Maybe you don't relate, but this is how I am. And I say, okay, if I have X amount of weight that I want to lose and these fitness goals, then I've got to change a lot of things. So I start to make the list. And I say, okay, I'm going to start to work out every single day. Every day. And I'm not just going to work out for like 20 minutes a day. I'm going to do the full hour because, you know, 20 minutes won't get me the results that I'm hoping for. So I'm going to work out for an hour every day. I'm going to get up early to do it because they say first thing in the morning, I don't know, crazy people. Um, But the problem with that for me is that I have three boys, and they wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I am not a morning person. So in order to meet my goals that I've set for myself, I have to get up at like 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm not not a nice person at 4 a.m. I don't know about you, but that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to commit to this, right? I have a strict diet. I have a whole list of don'ts. Don't eat anything good. (laughs) Don't eat sugar. Don't eat carbs. Don't eat cake. Don't eat pizza. All the things. Um, And I'm not going to cheat. I'm going to be better this year. I'm not going to have any cheat days. I'm not going to have any excuses. I'm not going to have any days off. This is my year. I mean, it's intense. Like, new year, new me, right? I feel like so many of us set these impossibly high standards and expectations because we take that literally. We think that we go into the new year. It really is the the overnight we became a new person (laughs) and we can do all of these things because it turned midnight. (laughs) So two weeks in, I'm going to give myself a little bit of credit here, more credit than I've ever, (laughs) I could take actually, but say I make it to three weeks because 21 days makes a habit, right? So I'm three weeks into my new year, new me, I have all these lists of things that I plan to do and not do and all that. Okay, I'm tired. I'm having a bad day. My kids are going crazy. And I'm just not feeling it. My motivation is not there. And I didn't meal prep, which is awful. I didn't grocery shop. And it's dinner time, and my kids are like, I'm hungry. What can I eat? So they ask, you know, can we order pizza? It's family night. I'm like, oh, pizza is my weakness. So, so I think about it, I'm like, well, I forgot to work out this morning, so that's kind of checked off my list already. Um, I'm not going to make it that perfect day today. 
I might as well have one or two pieces of pizza and just make the kids happy. So we order pizza. <laughs> so I've caved in already. And one of two things happens in that moment. Either guilt sets in, and I'm condemning myself so much that all of a sudden I feel so far behind from where I was hoping to be that what is the point? I might as well not work out again today, the next morning or the next day, because there's always going to be something that comes at us, right? Or the other side of it that happens is that I eat the pizza and then I weigh myself the next morning, and guess what? I didn't gain 10 pounds. So it really didn't matter that I slipped up one time. And so I have a little bit more freedom now to do what I want to do when I want to do it and not have to be so perfect. I think it doesn't just apply to our health and our fitness goals for the new year, but oftentimes we set ourselves up for failure time and time again. We feel like we have to attain some impossible standard. And as I was praying about this morning and welcoming in the new year and starting off this series, 2020 Vision, what does God have for us? What does he want us to see in this next year? What does he want for our lives? And one of the things that he put on my heart is that we need to stop chasing perfection and start chasing progress. What would that look like if in our day-to-day -day life, in every area of our life, we started to pursue progress over perfection? The foundation of today's message is actually in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 21 through 25, and we're going to have it on the screen because I'm actually going to read out of the, the Passion Translation because I just love the way that it's said here. It says, and now, and since we now have a magnificent high priest, and that is Jesus, to welcome us into God's house, we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. It doesn't say now because we've earned it and we checked off all the things on our list and we can accomplish anything in our own strength. It says now because of Jesus, because of this magnificent high priest in our life, we get to come closer to God. For our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove impurity. And we have been, catch this, we have been freed from an accusing conscience. We have been freed because of the blood of Jesus from an accusing conscience that tells you that you are not good enough, that you've already messed up too much, that condemns you and keeps you hindered in your relationship with God. No more because of Jesus. Now we are clean. We are unstained and we are presentable to God inside and out. So now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. And here's something, here's what we get to do in response. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that dawning day. Even more frequently, 
eager to encourage. Can we pray over this morning? Dear God, I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for this word that you put on my heart, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and speak through me and give me the words that I could not possibly muster up on my own. I pray that you would help us to receive this word from you. I pray that we would walk out of here with a freedom and a hope and an expectation of a better tomorrow with you, Jesus. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So progress over perfection. Progress over perfection. What does that look like? Friends, God has never called us to live a perfect Christian life. He's never called us to perfection, but he's called us to progress. He's called us and asked us and invited us out of love to grow in relationship with him. As we've been praying and seeking God this year and for what God has for us in this next year in 2020, we believe that God has given us this word that it's going to be a year of growth, both individually and collectively as a church body, a year of growth. And I know when we think that, sometimes we think, oh, we just want bigger numbers. But I think he's asking us to dig a little bit deeper. And what does growth look like in our life? How can we produce so much more fruit because of our growth in him? So we're going to choose to set our intentions on growth. Are we growing? Are we closer to Jesus today than we were yesterday? Are we closer to stepping into everything he has for us and everything he's already planned for us to become today than we were yesterday? The reality is, is that growth doesn't just happen. It's a decision. It's a decision that we get to make. He doesn't force it on us, but he presents us with this opportunity. Do we want to grow? Because it's about progress over perfection. In Philippians 3, 12 through 16, Paul says this, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But here's our choice. But I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. So this year, this is the year of growth, and I believe that there are three areas specifically that God is asking us, inviting us into growing as a church and individually. And actually, these three areas are the core foundation of who we are as Soul Revival Church. They reflect our mission statement. They reflect our vision. We will grow up, we will grow in, and we will grow out. Growing up, what does that look like? It looks like what it sounds like. God is asking us to grow up, but not in a mean way where you're like, come on, grow up. <laughs> like, get it together. He's asking us to grow upward in relationship with him. He's asking us to step into a spiritual maturity because the reality is, is that 
We have enough surface-level Christians out there in the world who are living for themselves, who believe in Jesus but aren't operating in the power of Jesus, who are not rooted in the truth of God's word, who are not growing in relationship with him. And the world is dying to know the truth of Jesus and the hope of Jesus and the salvation of Jesus. They're dying to know what we have access to. Okay? So we're going to choose to grow up into all that God has for us to be. Um, Oftentimes I feel like growth can be hard. Like I said before, it's a choice. It's something that we get to do. But it's oftentimes in the things that we don't want to do. (laughs) Speaking from my life, I know that I've grown the most in my relationship with Jesus when I'm living in unanswered prayers, when I'm living in frustration and conflict and tension. I know being married, when you're living with someone and you can't really escape your real self, they know you, they know your flaws. I feel like I've grown up in my relationship with Jesus just because of being married and having to confront the flaws in me and bring those to God and say, how can you make me better? How can I look more like you? How can I love more like you? How can I forgive a whole lot quicker because you forgave me? So it's just having this posture of saying, God, teach me, mold me, shape me, and looking at all of the things that we could possibly see as setbacks and failures and unanswered prayers is actually something that God wants to use to grow us. Instead of them being defining moments, they're growth opportunities. How can he use those things in your life to bring you closer to him, to strengthen your faith in him, to build your character and your integrity, to teach you how to live a better life with him? Those are the things that God's inviting us into. It's not condemnation saying you're not good enough. It's saying look how far you've come and look how much more you have to go because you can get there. Like in me, I can get you there. He sees the potential that we don't see. And the reality is also that the enemy, there's a very real enemy of our souls, he sees our God potential too. And he will do everything he can to keep us from stepping into the fullness of our identity in Christ. Keep us from stepping into the purposes and the plans and the things that he has for our life. Wouldn't it be a shame if the enemy knew more about your God-sized potential than you did? Wouldn't it be a shame if he hindered you so much and condemned you so much that you never stepped into everything that God has for you? When you choose Jesus, that's the starting point. And we say that all the time. It's not the finish line. It's the starting point. This is the beginning of a journey with him. He's an infinite God. There's so much to know about him. There's so much to learn. There's so much that he wants to do in our heart. The closer we get to Jesus, the more he refines us, the more he makes us look more like him. I will spend the rest of my life learning about who he is, about what he has for me. Because the reality is, is that if we're not dead, then God's not done. He's not done teaching us. He's not done growing us. He's not done inviting us into more, right? 
So when we talk about growth and we talk about choosing progress over perfection, practically, what does that look like? I think practically it looks like asking God, asking the Holy Spirit, what small steps can I take today to become more like you? What small steps can I take today to step into everything that you already see me becoming? Because small steps over time produce big change. Small steps over time in the right direction towards Jesus produce big change, produce life transformation. So it's asking every day when you wake up, Holy Spirit, you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not asked to do this life alone. You have the power of the Holy Spirit when you have Jesus. And it's asking him, what can I do today? How can I learn more about you today? How can I grow in you today? What opportunities do you have for me today? I think, like I said before, when we start out the year, we have huge goals. And that comes in our spiritual life, too. I think about all the people who set out to read the entire Bible in a year. (laughs) I've never done that, because that's a lot. Um, But what would it look like if you took a small step in the right direction? What would it look like if you said, I'm going to take a verse a week, but I'm going to commit that verse to my memory. I'm going to study it. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to pray through it, and I'm going to let that sink deep into my heart. How much more transformational would that be than reading a whole bunch of chapters about a whole bunch of people and then just forgetting what you read? So what does it look like in your life to take small steps in the right direction and allow God to produce something big in your life? Like I said before, I was going to share this verse. Growth happens in in the difficult. Growth is often uncomfortable. It's hard. It's challenging. It's not fun. It makes us look at the ugly inside of our hearts sometimes. And the truth is that when you look at the next year, you have high hopes. But the reality is, is that there's going to be hard times. Life is hard. We're, we're in a broken world. And when those hard times come, the Bible says in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, I'm going to read it in this version. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind, because they will, come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Because you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. In another translation, it said, you will be mature and complete, lacking nothing. And so that's our heart. We don't want to be a big church. We want to be a healthy church. We want to be a church on our knees chasing after Jesus and all that he has for our lives. We want to know him more. We want to experience him more. We want him to take the lead. The next one is growing in. Growing in community. Growing in community with one another. We were never meant to do life alone. Never. God gave us friendship. He gave us relationship. He's a relational God. We are better together. The way that God uses us as his church to encourage one another, just like Hebrews says, now is not the time to neglect meeting together. It's a time to come together all the more often. 
and be eager to encourage, to be eager to lift each other up, to be eager to push and propel each other into the God-sized dreams and potential that we have. It's a, it's a mindset of, you know what, I can't do this without you. We help each other grow up. And that's the church. That's what we're called to be. A lot of people say, um, show me the five closest people in your life and I'll show you your future. It's because relationships matter. They affect our life. They affect the direction that we're going. So I'd ask you, what, in thinking about what small steps you can take, what are some of the relationships in your life? Your closest relationships, are they pointing you to Jesus? Are they encouraging you in the word? Are they sharing truth and love? Are they for you in everything that God's calling you into? Do they want to see God's best in your life? If not, I would start praying about finding some people to come around you and help you grow in your faith. And that's what we're all about here at Soul Revival Church. It's not just about the Sunday morning, but how can we get plugged into community? It's why we offer growth track after every service, the first four weeks of the month. It's an opportunity to take that next step, as small as it might seem sometimes, as big as it might seem sometimes, to say, I want to learn more. I want to be in community. I want to figure out what this is like, and I don't want to do it by myself. I want to get plugged in to a community that's going to point me to Jesus. So that's a plug. That's a shameless plug for Growth Track because it's starting today is week one right after the service. So we invite you out to that. But it's just looking at what are those things? Are there Jesus-honoring, Jesus-centered relationships in my life that are going to help me grow up? And he's asking us to grow in community. So our growth in community helps us grow up in our relationship with Jesus. And our growth up will help the health of our community and the relational connections that are formed. But our growth up and our growth in will always, always, always point us out. Point us outside of this church, outside of these walls, and into our city and into our realms of influence where there are people who don't know what we know in Jesus. God's heart is always for those far from him to bring them closer to him in relationship. His heart breaks for the lost. His heart breaks for the searching. He searches them out. He seeks them out. And so our heart as a church will always be outward focused. We will always say, what can we take from what we're learning in here and bring it out into the world that is dying and that needs the hope and love of Jesus? What can we do as a church to physically meet the needs of our community? How can we come alongside organizations in our community that are already meeting the physical needs out there and just love on them and support them and let them know that we as the church care? We care enough not to say, hey, come on into our walls and we'll show you Jesus. We care to meet them where they're at and say, we're going to bring Jesus to you because it's worth it because you're worth it, because Jesus values you, and because that's his heart. His heart is to meet us where we're at. So we have serve days. We love our city serve days, and it's been such a blast to be able to do that alongside each other. And we're going to have those more frequently going forward, but 
It's just an opportunity to love our city well. But you don't have to wait till a serve day. It really is just an outward-focused heart. It's saying, God, help me to see the people that you see that other people don't. Help me to see the people that feel unloved and unworthy and and not valued and let them know, use me today to be a witness of your love and your character and your hope. So that's our heart. That's our heart as a church, that we would be outward focused always. Imagine that we are empty glasses. And when we first meet Jesus, he fills us up. And it's living water. And it feels good. And we get to just revel in that for a minute. We're this, we were empty, now we're full. Jesus has done it. We get to pour out everything that he has done for us and everything he's continuing to do in us. Pour that out into the people around us. That's building each other up in community. That's going outside of the church walls and loving people, meeting them where they're at. We get the opportunity to be constantly poured out so that more people can know the hope and love of Jesus. And the beauty of it is, is that God is our source, and he is an unlimited source. So as we pour out everything that he's done in us, and we allow it to go through us, we get to go back to the source. And now we're an empty vessel again. And now we can say, God, give me something new. Give me a new revelation. Give me a new God-sized vision. Give me a new God-sized dream. What do you want to do in me? How can I know you better? How can I have greater wisdom? Grow my character. I want to know more of you. And he does it. He welcomes that. It's an invitation. He's not trying to hide everything from us and keep it from us. And like if we work hard enough, if we search long enough, we'll find him. He says, come to me. Come to me and ask. If you lack wisdom, ask. I want to give it to you. I want you. He's for you. He wants you to step into everything he has for you. And we can't do that if we're not willing to grow up, if we're not willing to grow in, and if we're not willing to use our influence that he gives us to pour out, outside of these walls in the church. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. As a church, this year is a year of growth. And it's so exciting to know that we can come before God and say, you know what? This is us. We don't have it all together. We're broken, imperfect people. But we're all on a journey, and we all want to chase after you with all of our hearts. We want everything that you have for our life. And we want to be everything that you see us becoming. And we want to be able to share that, the good news of Jesus, with the world around us. And every service, we get to have the opportunity to invite people into relationship with Jesus. That's something that at Soul Revival Church we will never miss. Because we believe it's that important. When we say that Jesus breaks every chain when we believe so much in the power of Jesus, 
Why wouldn't we share it? Why wouldn't we invite people into that? If we know that there's a world that's hurting and lost and searching, why wouldn't we be able to present them with the answer that is Jesus? So if you're here today and you have felt God tugging on your heart, maybe it was during worship, maybe it was as the songs were playing and you felt the presence of God and you couldn't even identify it as the presence of God, but you knew that there was something different in this place as his people lifted up his name and praised him. If that's you that God is asking, would you follow me? Would you choose me? New year, new life, but not a new life that you create, a new life found only in Jesus, a better life than you could ever create for yourself. He's asking you, he's inviting you to grow with him, to see what he has for you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to say in this place, God is here. God is here. And it is not by accident that you are here and that you are hearing this invitation to step into relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've tried it all before. Maybe you've tried it on your own. Maybe you're just ready to surrender and say, God, there's got to be something more. When I count to three, if that is you, I would love for you to just put your hand up and acknowledge that, yes, I want to follow Jesus. I want a relationship with him. I want new life through Jesus. One, two, three. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God is so good. Thank you, thank you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This is a moment between you and your heavenly Father. This is a special moment. And he just wants to hear from the overflow of your heart. And so we'll pray together. There's no magic things that you could say. There's not a magic prayer to be prayed. It's simply talking to God telling him what's in your heart and receiving him. The Bible says if you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, that you are saved, not just for this life, but you have eternal life with Jesus in heaven. So I'm going to pray over us right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that your presence is here. I thank you that you care enough about us to invite us into more, to invite us into relationship, that you hate when we're far from you and that you want to pull us in and that you want to grow us up and build up Christ-centered community so that we can support each other and encourage each other and so that we can reach the lost and the hurting with the hope and love of Jesus. Thank you, God, for forgiving us when we don't measure up and understanding and knowing that we will never measure up and that's okay. That you cover it all because you are the perfect one. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for new life in you. We praise you, Jesus, in your holy name.
Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.